Welcome to The Mother-Daughter Journey, a podcast for women working through the tenuous transition of a maturing mother-daughter relationship. I'm Abigail. And I'm Kelly. We know firsthand that the mother-daughter relationship is one of the most fabulous, yet frustrating, relationships you are ever going to have. Even so, we're best friends, business partners, and of course, mother and daughter. So join us as we share our ongoing journey and the lessons we've learned along the way. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to season two of the Mother Daughter Journey. I know that sounds awesome. Right? <laughs> it really does. That's why. I, yes. Anyway. I love that you <laughs> knew why I was just like turned to you expectantly. <laughs> Absolutely. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us. So this week we are going to kind of piggyback off of what we did last week. Yep. Which was. Put me in the hot seat. Yes, exactly. This time, however, K-Dog's going to be in the hot seat. Yikes. So, I guess, do you want to just dive right in? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. Uh, First, actually, I don't want to just dive right in. I want to say, excuse me for all of the throat clearing and coughing that's going to occur. I will try to edit as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. You're good. So, K-Dog. Yeah. What does the mother-daughter relationship mean to you? Yeah. You're going to laugh at me right now because I'm going to say everything. <laughs> so, if yeah, you yeah, listened yeah. to last week's episode, <laughs> you know that I gave her a little ration of crap. Crap. Let's just say. Answering yeah. so scapegoaty. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> trying to think of the word I use. Honestly, it, it is everything. Because it shapes how you view yourself in the world, right? It's your first relationship and so much goes into it. We, one of the interviews that we just recorded last week, we talked with the guests who who talked about, it goes back generations. Like it's not just your mother, but it's your mother's mother and your mother's mother. And that influence comes down and it changes, right? As it hits each, each layer of the person. Which is weird, not weird, interesting I think is the better term because we've kind of talked about that on here. We have, but But, I don't think either one of us thought about it as far back as, right? We talk about generational change. Right. And yeah, but the way that they put it, and anyway, you'll have to listen, but the way they worded it. exactly. Spoiler. A little, yeah, shifted our perception a bit. But I'm going to bring it to, because this is what I do, I'm just going to bring it to my life because that's the experience that I have as far as the mother-daughter journey is concerned. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I've said this before, and I'm saying again, say it again from a no judgment place. Just what is? I grew up with a mom who had OCD. Right? She was young. Mm-hmm. She had me when she was 18 years old. I was an only child for eight years. My dad worked two, sometimes three jobs, and I was with my mother all the time. And my mother did a fantastic job. But the truth is, she had OCD, and. Not the awareness that you and I have because of what happened to us as far as words matter. Well, and also just... Generation. Generationally, Absolutely. there wasn't that awareness. There wasn't so. that awareness. Exactly. And so, for me, just based on the situation I was put in and who I was as a person and the way that my brain worked... Right. I ended up growing up not thinking very much of myself. Because I hung on to words. I obsessed over those right. words. I... You know, oh, how could I have not made that person feel that way? Whatever I did to turn Mm -hmm. it into what I turned it into. Right. right? We all internalize 
in different yeah, ways. Right. And so, so my actual self-worth and opinion of myself relation to everybody else in the world was formed i mean it was literally came straight spoon fed Mm -hmm. from my mom right and there comes a time when you have to break free of that and this is what we talk about you need to work through that mother-daughter relationship the maturing relationship there's Mm -hmm. respect and change that needs to happen on both ends but when you have two people undiagnosed not being treated living with mental illness, right? And then you add a third, also a young mother. I was 22 when I had Emily. The lens that you see everything through is is that lens. You have no idea how you're supposed to break that cycle. You have no idea how you're supposed to... You don't even know there is a cycle. Well, I mean, yeah, and you don't know how to mature into that relationship that you and I have, right? It wasn't something that they did. It was either... I'm the mother, I'm the matriarch of the family, my need, what I, not my needs, but you know, what I say kind of goes, this is how it rolls. And you had one or two paths and it was either you fall in line and you, you know, when you live your life that way, or you move far away <laughs> and like your ties are very limited. Right. 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 Like those were the two paths going going forward I feel like and so it was a really long time before I broke or even realized oh wait I'm supposed to be living my own life oh wait I'm not supposed to be obsessing over everything that my mother says oh wait this isn't I'm not going to say normal because there is no normal in the mother-daughter relationship I don't think but I'm going to say this isn't working for me I'm not thriving I am not whatever you want to call it I'm just not I'm not launching is a good way to say Launching. right? I had my own kids and I, you know, we supported ourselves and we did all those things. But emotionally, right. I failed to launch. And that was a direct result of the mother-daughter relationship, in my opinion, right? It wasn't, I mean, there was a lot of factors, but sure, <clears throat> the rest of my world was defined by that relationship that came first all the time. Right. And so when I say it was, it's everything for me, it was everything. And I only changed the dynamic of that relationship when I realized my mother-daughter relationship with you, like I realized the impact of that. I realized the power of that relationship. It wasn't until I actually realized the power of that relationship where I sat up and thought, damn, I need to do this like generational change. Right. Right. And... Even at that, it was very, until, like we were saying, until we spoke with somebody not too long ago, even at that, it was very limited to the view of the generations that you could touch. Right. Until that last interview. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. and so. Which is cool. Yeah. And so now it's like even, like, you, like years, like you go back hundreds, hundreds of years, like those. Right. You can, anyway. yeah. It's, it's a little, it's a little like mind-blowing mind-blowing to think of and and that relationship like you know the mother-daughter relationship in your ancestor tree from 500 years ago defined the next one which defined the next one which defined yours which defined ours which which is just how everything happens right which like and you said and like i said in our when you interviewed me 
had then defined all of our relationships moving outward. So let's just like, yeah, think about the, the power there, right? Right. And, yeah. And we talk about the ripples. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to go off on a tangent, I think, right now, because... <gasps> tangent alert i want to get like one of those little um <laughs> no wait, like you know that they would have on radio some sort of like noise. party foul party <laughs> foul button yeah, yeah something yeah. that just was tangent time okay yeah. anyway <laughs> i get it you know you know how sidetracked i get right you might have almost made me forget about i'm my sorry tangent. you're right my apologies no i'm just thinking <laughs> we talk about the tools that we use for the mother-daughter relationship and you and i i think are just starting to grasp how far out that ripples right like that it affects every relationship and in those relationships affect affect other relationships and like how far out that ripples knowing is different from understanding and we've known but now we're really starting to understand i think yeah those ripples yeah and so when i think about i know it's making me think about a marriage right where two people get married and they obviously they're going to change as they grow up you expect it not grow up but as they As a relationship grows, right? You expect that you're going to have to change with each other and you either grow together or you grow apart. Like that's just a known thing about marriages now. When the first divorce happened, I'm sure it was like holy mother of God, Mm -hmm. right? But now we just accept the fact that people change over time. Right. And sometimes they grow apart, right? Sometimes they're still going to be friends and they're still going to be like if you're mature about it, like you just don't grow in the same direction. And we accept that. And the truth is, I mean, that's, I guess it's true for the mother-daughter relationship is what I'm, you know what I mean? Like, oh, Right. But because it's true for every relationship. Any relationship. Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah. Pe- because, because of what you just said, like people grow, they're constantly changing. So just because the mother, so the mother-daughter relationship, <laughs> the attachment is different, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Right? It, like the Absolutely. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you can't grow in in opposite directions. Right. It makes me think about because we... It just makes it... I'm sorry. No, it's... I'm totally... This interview is totally just going to end up like an old episode because again... Whatever. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm running with thoughts, but there's the higher... We talk about the hierarchy, right? It's different because there's a different attachment with the mother-daughter relationship. And there's also... It's much more nuanced. <laughs> it's a, And it's also much... I feel like it's... I don't know, thou shalt honor thy mother and father, right? There's so much there where it's just ingrained that this is how the relationship goes, that we all just accept it moving forward, regardless of whether it's good for our own mental well-being or not. Right. 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 And there's not that same kind of, I guess there was, but there's not that same like... Expectation. No, I was going to say there's not that same kind of thing in a marriage, but that's not true. <laughs> you swear under God, you know, you're going to love each other till death do you part. So. Right. No, it's just a different attachment. But, but never mind. I, well, yeah. Next question. Oh, so you talked about your transitioning mother-daughter relationship, right? From child and how it, and how you were a young mother and it moved you into, right? All that good stuff. But how has your relationship, our relationship and your relationship with your mother, so both ends transitioned just since we started doing our purposeful work the podcast and speaking and all of this yeah loveliness i think it goes back before that when we talk about both relationships because we've talked pretty openly about the before we started doing the podcast and speaking 
with our relationship, right? There was a lot of growth and transition that has been happening in that relationship for broken record 10 years. Actually, are we at 11 now? It was 10 years last season. So maybe time's still going on, right? Time's still happening. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, (sighs) so we shared a lot about that. Right. And we didn't share so much about the transition. I mean, we did, but not like the thoughts and the feelings. And I, I kind of tiptoed around the transition with my mom yes and where that's kind of stands and and how that's transitioned over the last 11 years as well so it's not really just the podcast okay i think the podcast kind of put a line let's just say i guess then from the the beginning beginning of of the journey of this journey as we've defined it so i'll talk about the easy one first not so easy but it's easier it's easy now is that's our relationship wasn't wasn't easy yes (laughs) but no but that's where our relationship is now and that's because of how we've grown and like became more aware of each other's feelings and respected that like we're we're on the same pace together because we kind of put blinders on when this journey started first because we didn't know what else to do and then once we actively were like okay we're gonna just start working ourselves through this and this is who it is and we're not going to try to change anything like we've been actively growing separately but together yes right so in tandem in tandem thank you and so now after 11 years we're at such a spot where not that it's easy but we have such a respect and empathy for each other's feelings and flow right Mm, it's more natural it's more natural and it's like we have no problem sitting down and being like, okay, I'm feeling undervalued. I'm feeling right. however I'm feeling. Like we've 11 years. So mm-hmm. our relationship is easy, comfortable, exciting, fun. It's all the things, right? Mm-hmm. It's there's Yeah, and I don't want anybody to get it wrong when you say like we have no problems sitting oh, down God, having no. these conversations. We have no problem meaning we feel confident and comfortable and safe to have them with each other because we know at the end of the day – our relationship with each other and our relationship with ourselves and and what is we're solid we're solid right we both understand that what i need for me and what she needs for her may take priority right over what over the collective over the collective like those kinds of things like we've so we're we're solid but it doesn't mean they're easy conversations. No, exactly. <laughs> I get that. I guess that's the thing. It's like we both like know. It's still, hard. it's still hard. We both know beyond a shadow of a doubt about each other that we only want the best for each other. Mm-hmm. Everything comes from a place of love. And if we feel like it's coming from a more selfish place or a place that right. it doesn't feel good for to us, we know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so when I say it's easy, that's what I mean. Do we still have uncomfortable conversations? Do we still get upset with each other? Do we still, are we still human? Well, yeah. Yeah. But do we know how to maneuver those conversations now? (laughs) Yes. And give each other the space to process those feelings, take the time to process them, look at them. Where are they coming from? Is it something within me? Did it trigger something in me that I need to adjust or Mm -hmm. no? Is it just... Right. Right. And something you just said a little while ago, too, about we know without a shadow of a doubt. Right. It's it's interesting because when you talk about the mother daughter relationship and that attachment, that knowing is it's not innate. It's not it is it. it's not innate, but it 
it, it is. It is innate. It's innate. The knowing is innate, but the understanding is not. I feel like we might need to explore this in a different episode as well, we think about that. But. Like what I was just saying about oh, just knowing, like knowing, for instance, like knowing you love me and knowing that you'll be there for me and knowing, understanding it. So knowing, I, I think I'm going to... Recognize, like, you know what I mean? No, I, I think I'm going to... Let me say this and see if this helps elaborate how we both feel about it. Okay. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my mother loves me. Mm-hmm. Right? I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I picked up that phone right now and I was like bawling my eyes out or the world was falling apart and I needed her to come, that she would come. Right. Right? If legitimately the world was like crumbling around me, she would come. I don't know... As a matter of fact, I believe the exact opposite of knowing that my mother accepts me for who I am Mm. and that my mother accepts my humanness. That's the difference. Right? I don't know that me having a place in her life isn't conditional. That doesn't mean I don't know that she loves me. That doesn't mean I don't think that she would be there for me. But I do think she wants more from me than I can give her because she wants me to be something different than what I am. Right. Okay. Or to have different beliefs or different, like, do you know what I mean? Like, wants me to be 100% like-minded. And this is my perception, but that's the difference, right? You and I can have a disagreement and it's not going to end with you thinking I'm doing something to intentionally hurt you or you're doing something to intentionally hurt me. I don't ever have to think, oh, I shouldn't say this. We shouldn't have this conversation. Right. Do you know what what I mean? What what will she think of me? What what will she think of me? I know what you think of me. You think I'm a human being. I know that you think I'm a, you just, you think I'm somebody who wakes up every day and does the best that I can. And it's pretty damn good too. You don't expect a whole lot. You just appreciate the things that happen. Because that's what we've worked for. Right. So so that's the difference, I think, in that we're talking about. Tangent again, but that's the only way that I can describe. It's innate, but it's not innate. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Right? Love is love and like, yes, I can call you is innate. Acceptance and seeing you for who you are instead of who I want you to be is not. Sorry, I'm just sitting with this. Or who I'm I like, need you what? to be, right? Like, I don't, right. I don't mean to make it sound spoiled like want, but who I need you to be. Because I haven't done the work for myself. Which brings us to the relationship with my mom. Oh, right. There was a question. There was a there. question there. <laughs> and so since this work has started, our relationship for her has gotten worse. I mean, no, for me, it's gotten worse too. I say, no, it just tech, it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Objectively. Um, yes, objectively. I was uncomfortable for a long time because I didn't have the knowing I was just talking about. Right. Right. I always felt like I needed to earn respect. Right. Earn something. Right. My behavior reflected a reaction, not an acceptance, not a whatever. There was always, you didn't call or you didn't, you know, show up or I needed you to do this, but you couldn't do it. Or you didn't make Abigail do that. There was always, it just... And that might not have about how it was coming to me, but it was how it was feeling. It's how I perceived it. And when I started saying, this is how I perceive it, this is how it's making me feel, the response wasn't, oh, okay, whoa. I didn't realize you right. felt that way. Like, that's not what I meant. Let's go to our separate corners and talk about it, figure out how we can, like, how you cannot feel that way, right? Right. 
like, let's clarify what's happening here. The response was, oh, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't feel that way. Or, right. I mean, no, that's just, that was the response. And yeah. And with me getting more comfortable in my own skin and me learning how to love myself and say, you know, my needs are important and seeing the codependent thing in our relationship and how it hurt you and how we are adjusting it and recognize it and just being aware of all the things, right? Mm -hmm. Aware of the words, aware of all the things that we talk about. And we're not perfect with it. I use bad words. I still say what the heck's wrong with you sometimes and then be like, oh my gosh, it's not like, no, right? not what's wrong with you, but like, hello, can we talk about this? Right? I work on those things because they make you uncomfortable and because we interpreted them in a certain way. And so, right. And I've been able, and we've been able to establish and acknowledge the words that react a certain right, way, a certain reaction right. or feeling. Right. And instead yeah. of saying in our relationship, and even in Emily and I's now, instead of saying, well, that's just ridiculous. Don't be dramatic. Don't be whatever, whatever, you know, insert because, word here. Right. We validate the feelings and then figure out how we can move forward so all parties can be happy. Right. Right. All parties needs can be met, whether whether you're able to meet the needs or the person has to meet their own needs by saying I can't be around you or whatever. But we work through it in that manner. That's not how it was received with my mom. And so, again, you're faced with like two things, right? You can either say I'm going to continue with things the way that they were and just continue to feel like I need to justify I'm not going to say my existence because that's, that is a little dramatic. Um, I'm just, just have to constantly be striving to earn something, to feel like I need to earn something, a place at the table. Right. Instead of just, it's, um, it's a difficult conversation. It's like, which is what we do. (laughs) Go where your energy is reciprocated and not just expected. Right. So, well, Go where your energy, yes. And that's kind of... Or or at least accepted for what it is. Right. Right. I guess. I think so. I think we nailed the question in a very long-winded way. (laughs) In a very long-winded way. Uh, Okay. So, obviously, how can your expertise aid mothers and daughters in fostering a deeper connection? Well, I mean, like... All the things we just talked about that you and I do. <laughs> that's it. That's that's how. That's what we do. <laughs> and, and how has your mother-daughter relationship influenced your work? Yeah. I mean, that I think probably goes without saying as well, but I want no one to feel the way that I did or you did. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't want her to feel the way that she feels. But right. my work is to just help people acknowledge themselves, acknowledge that their worth is you don't need to earn it. There's nothing that you need to do to be worthy of respect and love. I mean, yes, people can lose respect for you based on your act, you know, your actions. But like coming into this world as a child, you don't you don't need to earn respect. Children deserve respect. Their boundaries when you have conversations. I mean, I think that's just a general thing. And so the respect, right. The general like human respect. Yeah. And acceptance and just all of the things. And And it goes back to. We all just need to heal ourselves. We all just need to love ourselves. We all just need to do what we need to do to show up as the best version of ourselves mm-hmm. so that we can contribute in the whole collective of right. the world. Right. And yeah, I like 
the contribute, right? That's it's tough not to get caught into that like, oh, contribute to society, which is like a whole a whole different conversation. But yeah, I mean, I'm just talking like just if we look at ourselves, right? And we talk about the ripple. For a long time we both were doing things that we didn't want to be doing because we thought it was expected. Of- and, right. and it was expected of us. And it was right. right. We weren't but, we weren't incorrect about that expectation. Right. But we both But it putting- wasn't our own expectations. It was right. someone else's. Or or just society. There or just so society. many factors in it. But we both right. had ourselves in in a world where we weren't able to show up as our best versions of ourselves because right. we were in a world that we didn't fit into. Right. Right? So we had to use so much energy to try to fit into that world that there was nothing left over to bring to the collective. As a matter of fact, it was the exact opposite. What we brought to the collective was negativity, apathy, defeatism. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we were trying to f- spending so much energy doing that. And when we finally realized, you know what? We need to spend energy nurturing who we are and how our brain works and all of the things we now bring more we now contribute more to the collective because we are able to show up right but when we're trying to fit into other people's worlds and other people's boxes we aren't able to show up so true not in a in a consistent basis anyway like our right you can't not to our highest potential you you can't you can't control your moods and your thoughts and you're like you can't you can't have any control over that if you're always operating in like survival or operating to fit or to change or to earn or to strive you just can't right so i, I probably got diverted but that's how <laughs> well, it's affected like, me <laughs> i feel like that's been the majority of this this um conversation but you can tell i don't like to be interviewed no <laughs> like what follow a strict guideline no i'm just gonna talk about what i want to talk about yeah there you go there anyway go. but no i mean two we do have to wrap it up but yep. I have two questions left and it actually, this next one kind of flows perfectly into what we were just talking about, fitting into boxes and that kind of thing. Okay. So, I mean, society has definitely created a box of what they consider to be success, right? Yes. And like even your society on a whole, but also your family society, right? The society, that environment that you kind of grow up in also kind of creates a box I mean, every little every microcosm, if that's the way to microcosm, say it, yeah, absolutely. creates a box, right? You got a box when you're in school and a box when you're at home and a box when you're at a family party or you're at a box when you're at a high school party or yep. a box, you know, all the boxes. There's a million boxes to try to fit into. So what's your box? When when we're talking <laughs> about... <laughs> Hello. Oh <laughs> anyway. Shut up. <laughs> Explicit. No, sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> What's your definition of success? Thank you. Well, that's a much clearer question. Um, I pretty much said it. My my definition of success is being able to show up in a way that contributes to the people in my world, but also to the collective. Yeah. Right. If if I can be happy is kind of the but if I can be strong and I can ride the waves and I can and I can show up for myself. Mm hmm. And then I can show up for the collective and give back. That's starting with my small microcosm of a family and then out to whoever is ready to just receive it. Right. That's success. Okay. All right. Last question. Okay. What is your favorite cookie? Oh. Peanut butter chocolate chip. Really? Yeah. Peanut Peanut butter chocolate. I mean, that's up there for me too. Love the peanut butter chocolate chip. 
peanut butter cookie. It's got to be a nice, soft, peanut buttery cookie. Made with creamy peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like a little more than the recipe says. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on board. And then some nice chocolate chips. Yeah. Mm, I like it. Yeah. So there you go. go. Make some cookies. (laughs) No, you got to go to work. Oh, whatever. Well, and on that note, folks, thanks so much for listening to our rant today. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. But, you know, thanks for letting me be on the box, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Box. (laughs) Let it go. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. See you next week. Thanks for joining us on our journey today. If you liked what you heard and are looking for more, make sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast. You can also follow us on social media, but for the most fun, go find us on TikTok at The Mother Daughter Journey. See you next time.